Welcome, beautiful soul. This is the BU Podcast, where you hear topics and guests that empowers and guides you on your journey to stay in the present, become healthy, authentic, loving, and abundant. And today's topic is Declutter Your Life. By decluttering is self-care. Have you ever wondered if your stuff, the clutter in our homes or offices can have an effect on us, maybe make us sick? It's an interesting topic that I never really dive into until not so long ago. I always used to do donations and time to time we went through our stuff but generally what's happened is that we donated stuff or I sold stuff and it always got replaced with something else so in reality we never actually decluttered anything we just switched things like I donated the clothes and then boom other clothes showed up and I know we need clothes as well as an example but the same thing happened with kitchen stuff, the same thing happened with toys and shoes and whatever you can think of gadgets. And I started thinking about it that even though I spend so much energy into, and it's so it feels so good when I declutter the home and it's easier to organize, it always ends up like a big mess. And no matter how hard I try, it always becomes the same story. And I don't know if you ever sat down and thought about it, but when I tried to find a way to express to my son, when he asked me why I'm so sad, once I paused for between cleaning and he saw how sad I was and the emotions, you know, children are very sensitive and they can sense how we feel. It just blurted out of me how sad and frustrated. I wasn't angry, but I was very sad and frustrated. It made me the state of our home. And I'm not saying we live like in a really unorganized way, but we live in a way that no matter how much I clean up, the stuff always ends up. And then sometimes I feel like I don't even want to organize anymore. I just wait until everybody goes to sleep to do it. Or sometimes I don't even do it. And then I wake up to the same mess, which is the worst, because then you have that energetic start to your day that oof, I have all these things to do and now I have to do this as well it's kind of like you know making your day already bad before it's even started the <laughs> same thing with you know when you go into the kitchen you didn't do the dishes the night before so it's like instead of waking up and having your favorite beverage in the morning tea or you know whatnot or my lemon water how I start my day you see that clutter you see the dishes and it just somehow energetically shifts your morning already and you wish you just done it at night because once you've done it even if you were tired it helps you so much more the next day so I, I always recommend people to do that but you know sometimes I don't do it either but to get back to the topic of how we do the cleaning how we do the decluttering and in the end it's always the same so i was trying to explain it to my son why i felt that way and as i was trying to find the words and to say it you know to a five-year-old it really made me think and pause for a second and so the feelings i felt was and you know we're still going through this phase so it's not that we are already made this change so i I'm, i don't talk about it as an experience 
from the past. I'm talking about as an experience that continuously happening and I'm trying to work on. I told him that I feel like our home choking me. That is how it felt energetically. That it's taking away my freedom. That it doesn't let me fly. It doesn't let me do things. I feel like I am the prisoner of our own home. And he looked at me and uh, he was like, what do you mean, mama? I told him, I don't know. It's just that the only thing I can think of that I just want to leave this home and I want to be somewhere else. And it's interesting because we actually want to move, right? We want to have a different type of home, a bigger land uh, and all. But the thing is that it's a reason, obviously, why we want to do that. It's not just this feeling, but it started feel to me that no matter where and how we would move, this issue, if we don't fix it, will come back and haunt us. So that's why I want to find this opportunity as a perfect opportunity for our change. And the change starts with me. I mean, I know that my husband does the same thing and all, but I feel like for us to be able to do the change, I have to do the work first. And hopefully that I think my children can easily follow. And, you know, (laughs) eventually my husband will too. The thing is that I was sitting there and as I was talking to my son about my emotions, how I feel about it, it made me realize that I put way too much power onto our stuff than they, they should have. You know, it's like our stuff own us. I don't know if it makes any sense, but stuffs are just tools. Our clothes are here, you know, to clothe us from environmental stuff, you know, and to not run around naked. And pens are here or markers, you know, so we can write with them. And then we have kitchen gadgets and tools to help us do things. But every little stuff that we have needs to have a function in our life. And then comes, you know, many things that we keep that doesn't actually have any functionality for us. We just keep it because of sentimentality or because we got it from someone and, you know, it's so nice of them to give it to us. And memories or the worst one is that I can use this someday again, you know? (laughs) Like clothing, for example. Everybody has favorite clothing, right? But I used to keep, you see, this I'm over with. I don't do that anymore. So that I can talk about like an experience that I had in the past. I used to keep like jeans and stuff that I had and loved before I even gave birth to any of my children. And, you know, my hips got bigger, not because I got fatter, but, you know, when you give birth, when you're pregnant, the bones like widen and those never go back. Like you can lose weight, but once that widens, <laughs> it never goes back. So obviously my hip never going to be the same size as it was before I was pregnant. So that gene logically will never ever ever would have fit me again but in my head i assigned a power to it that if i would like to feel like i felt before i had children i have to fit back into that gene again so i can be me the one and it's not not because i felt something's wrong with me at that time it's just because i put memories and feelings how i felt about myself previously the freedom right into that clothing and so I kept on to it or sometimes it's not even that but we say we buy something that's not our size because we say that you know I want to lose weight anyway so why don't I buy this very cool clothing that doesn't fit me at all 
but it should be a reminder what the weight I want to be. This is the worst possible thing to do because what happens is that it's not going to actually make us get motivated to lose weight. What it's going to do is going to stress us out to no end. It's going to be a constant reminder of our fault, you know, how we see ourselves. And it's going to be just a constant nagging and a, a source of stress. So, you know, there is other ways to motivate ourselves. Is This is not the way to do. And then it's just a clutter. And every time you go to that closet and see that clothing, it's just going to stress you and stress you. And while the original idea behind it sounds like a motivation, it's actually um, a bad motivation because it comes with a bad energy, an energy of lack. So it's never going to reach the purpose why you bought it in the first place. So I... At the time when I went through that experience, I sold, I felt like it. I spent so much money uh, on clothing and bags and stuff. Like, I want to donate, and I donated a lot, it's true, but I was selling stuff. Like, I had an account with Poshmark and eBay and, and all that stuff because I felt like, you know, I, I want to get like some money back so I can invest it. But in reality, what it happened, and I, you know, I had successful sales, you know, and some part of it, maybe it was fun to, you know, try on clothes that actually fit me still. But in the end, I had so much stuff. It took so much time away from other things. And I had a lot of stuff that didn't even fit me. So I like, I used a mannequin to put the clothes on so I can display it. And then I had to learn how to take pictures so it looks better. So people would, you know, pay attention to it. But all that energy and time went in it and I didn't really enjoy it anymore and it was just a nag oh i have to list it and then i had to answer people and i had to measure the clothing you know and didn't really generate that much income i'm I'm sure some people love doing that and that's fine it can be like a hobby but it didn't really work for me and so when i finally told myself you know what i'm just gonna pick these boxes and bag up and i'm just gonna donate it all because what i would possibly get for it and then the stress to ship it and package it and you know whatever and if i miss maybe something that's wrong with the clothing and then people complain and then you know i just i really didn't want to deal with any of it so one day i got really tired of it and then instead of storing it so i can one day sell it when somebody wants it or you know i still have to make pictures of it to list it and it's other items too you know whatever you have that you want to get rid of i just donated it all and i cannot tell you half free it made me feel that i don't have to worry about it anymore i felt like i get like liberated it's such a weird feeling but that that moment how it made me feel and the value it brought to me worth so much more than any possible money i would have gotten for those clothings so i wanted to add that because it was an experience i went through and it just reminded me that if you're thinking about it when we live with all of our stuff at home why is that we always want to go on vacation like i know you know we can go to the beach or we can you know visit places that we where we not live and discover but a lot of people when they go to like these um resorts and stuff they don't go and look around to actually know the country where they go or the culture they literally go to a resort to enjoy themselves with a pool and they they're just like relaxing or get wasted or you know depending on the age of the person and the person's personality or what they trying to achieve but the thing is when you go for on vacation what do you do you pack a bag maybe two if you're <laughs> really <laughs> traveling for a while so you carefully choose what you bring with yourself and then you have this nagging feeling oh i'm sure i'm gonna forget something 
you can always replace it right forget your toothbrush big deal you can get the toothbrush where you're going and so we pack a bag and once we leave our home we have that one bag with us and it has some kind of freedom to it and then when we get to our destination an airbnb a hotel or wherever we go when we get into that room or house or whatever it's so not cluttered right like it imagine a hotel room it has the bed beautifully organized linen usually right it has like a nightstand with like a lamp on it but the whole place when you open the closet when you go into the bathroom it's empty there is nothing there you know it has a picture on the wall whatnot but it's not cluttered and when you enter to that room regardless of where it is for me at least used to feel so freeing and just that part made me happy i i didn't know that at the time i only know that when i think back to it how it made me feel and so if we would like to get this idea back to decluttering our home imagine to have that freeing liberated feeling every time you are home and that's what some people call like minimalism but the issue with the word minimalism that it doesn't reflect nowadays its original meaning nowadays minimalism when you hear someone says that they live a minimalistic lifestyle what do you think about right because of how the media and everything made it look like you think about that they don't have like they have a lot of empty spaces and they have just a couple of items but but you think about that those couple of items are like really expensive high and stuff and then so they're minimalistic because they just have like one like really expensive like a picasso painting right and then they have a really expensive like leather couch and then they don't have like anything there just some you know really expensive other stuff so when we talk about like minimalism generally nowadays that is how it's represented and it's really not what minimalism supposed to be about actually minimalism existed always throughout history it depended on the person and to be honest it's how life should be i think what happened is that we became so cluttered with stuff like i try to pinpoint when this happened not just to my life but generally to people and then think about for example if i think about my grandma she went through the world wars right she was born during the first world war and then she went through the second world war and how her her life looked like or when we think about people go through the gate depression right because of the wars they learned to always stock up and store stuff and my grandma always used to have flour and sugar and all the stuff that they possibly needed and, and the linen closet and all that stuff and then always replace 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 right and it has some kind of logic and organization to it but it what it made them do is that they started collecting stuff for the hard times and even those become like cluttering because maybe the hard times weren't coming but they were still living in that past of collecting for the hard times and then if you're looking at uh, our generation then what are we thinking about what well, i thinking about how for example in america the outsourced manufacturing of a lot of things from clothing to you know whatever you can think of really and this made the items really cheap like everything made in china right and all those items are very cheap you can buy like a shirt or a clothing for five nine bucks then when that clothing breaks 
the the fact that what we used to do that we used to care and repair right there were repair shops for shoes i remember in hungary when the repair shops were keep closing because the same thing happened there too it's amazing to me how life has changed so we become this very consume i think that's what it's called consumerism a consumeristic word and we just keep buying stuff and throwing stuff away throw buy accumulate right throw by accumulate and instead of caring for our stuff having good quality things care for them and when something happens repair like when you're thinking about your friends families or you know co-workers maybe you know, you know one who actually repairs if, if a button falls off they actually saw the button back most people just get rid of that item and buy a new one and it's because it's so cheap and it's not just because they can acquire it cheap but because the quality of the item is cheap and it makes so much landfill because it's one thing that something things can be recycled but not everything can be recycled so it creates a lot of garbage so even if you are not really the person who looks for environmental effects of things just for you the way you live it's changed by this because you don't have those quality items you used to have and then you're constantly spending and spending and spending and it's made an effect on us how we value things and how we think about stuff and it's also changed something inside of us it used to be that we valued relationship we valued communities we valued each other but now when i look around and i think like the black friday sale and stuff is the perfect example for that most people they just value stuff and i'm guilty of that too we value stuff like the newest iphone comes out i'm not even talking about how you know they kind of are made on a way that by the time the new one comes out your phone kind of starts breaking not all the time but have a two year warranty it's going to start messing itself up around the two year mark it's a reason it's designed that way and it's not used to be like that when my in europe my nokia phone originally i'm sure the new nokias are the same thing but i had that until it broke and it was many many years you know and then it's not just the stuff that even if it doesn't break when you buy a tv or a computer or any of these kind of technological gadgets you buy it and then 6 months or maybe a year later or not even that much time later there is something that technologically much more advanced and then your item not just lose you know even the, when you buy a car right as soon as the car rolls out of the dealership it's worth like i don't remember the number but like maybe 30% or 40% less <laughs> as soon as you roll out of the dealership that's crazy and then think about technology that every time something new comes out this makes the value of your item less and less and people constantly changing it so it's become this constant purchasing and buying and updating all the newest the newest stuff and when you think about it how that works in the brain when you're acquiring this new stuff because you are told by advertisement and because we experience now the way we experience life is that we are like our stuff you know like like i remember in uh, my husband said in school like if you didn't wear a certain brand of shoe or clothes that you were bullied you weren't like accepted it's because we were defined by our clothing and you know if you if you are in a certain club then you have a gucci you know bag 
or coach or you know whatever you know level groupings you belong to same thing with cars same thing with phones same thing with like i have an apple computer or i have but whatever it is all this stuff is become like represent who we are instead of us representing ourselves how and who we are so that's why some people want to dress a certain way so they can feel included i think it's a very twisted way how we become and with this constant buying and and then throwing away stuff we also become a consumer and also adapt society if you think about it even the measure of our worthiness is called a credit score like how worthy you are for a credit but what is a credit it's debt right and when you don't have like when you don't use your debit uh, credit cards for example and you don't accumulate this constant purchase and buy and whatnot your credit score actually uh, gets worse by like people say oh you need to have at least like 10 percent on the when you talk to people who are really good at figuring out how to raise your credit score and have a good credit score they always say you you have to use your credit cards but you know just pay them back on time but always leave like about 10 percent or whatnot because that can raise like these points and that points and then we, the issue with that is that, yes, some people can do that and they're really good at it. But most people, even if they can afford to pay back their debt, they forget it. And then they accumulate fees. And then it, it reflects on their the, you know, credit score. And then, because they don't pay on time, right? And then there is the other side who cannot afford to pay it back because they overpurchase because they can, right? Because they have it on their credit card. I think... That was like, uh, while I like how digitally and easily we can access things, I feel like the backside of that is that now we don't even feel when we spend. So because we don't feel it, it is not the same way like when you have to give someone, even, you know, it's one thing what we think about cash, but you actually have to give the cash. And so you, you got certain amount of cash and you saw it front of you what it was or before cash existed, you know, metals or whatever. So once they were gone, you wouldn't be able to eat even. But now it's all credit and then you cannot go over your limit. And so it becomes this debt society and we basically work so we can pay for the stuff that we acquire that makes us stressed. So we work for being stressed instead of work for being happy. Because when we purchase something, I don't know if you ever felt that, it's like a dopamine hit that you finally bought it. Or, or when you have issues, sometimes people, you know, they shop when you emotionally, you know, they had like a bad breakup, you know, young, bad, what they do, they go shopping because they get that feeling from it, that dopamine hit. You can show it in the brain, like it's not something that, you know, it's actually scientifically provable. And so all these things, when people just keep buying stuff or image have it, uh, when Amazon or online shopping became, which is a good thing, right? When you need something, you can get it really fast and you don't even have to go to the store. It has really good sides of it that I like. But on the other side, it made us, we don't even realize we're spending the money. We just click buy, click buy, and then the boxes are keep showing up. And then, I don't know if you ever, have you ever had a feeling, but the box shows up and you're so excited, but you don't even really need the stuff that it's in it. It's just the feeling of the box arriving. I feel like it's psychologically planned this way or just happened, I don't know. But it's really bringing us down in a road 
that is not good for us because we spend more than what we can and we work 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 to be able to pay for those stuff that in the end make us stressed because they make us live in a clutter and so this is like a very weird when you put it together like that it's clearly seen that this is not a good way right like it's something wrong with those steps and then when you sit down and think about like statistics how in the u.s the the u.s workers are so-called hardest workers on the earth by the hour the amount of hours they spend at work most some of them don't even take vacation off because they just want to work and make more money sometimes you can sell your vacation back to your employer for more money and so we work hardest we work more and we are the most unhappy of all those countries so when you see that it should make us stop and think how is that possible how is that possible that we have all this stuff that we can buy all this stuff even by just the push of a button we can get you know from one day to another even we have all these telephones and expensive cars and expensive clothing and you know you can have a dishwasher and now you can connect your phone to your refrigerator so you don't even have to look inside to know what you have to order or buy in the store and all this stuff and then the person can have all the money on the world they are unhappy how is this possible or one crazy thing about children like if statistically when they talk about the united states has four percent of all children on earth four but the amount of toys we have is 40 percent of the world for the four percent of the children what did that tell you don't you think we overbuy toys and clutter our children and then think about the effects of that because there was in princeton neuroscience institute there was a study about excessive stuff and our ability to focus and concentrate and so what came out with the study was not surprising we know it but now we scientifically can prove it how when we are surrounded with clutter it takes our focus and away we can concentrate and with children but what they so when they were observing them is that it affected their brain activity it affected how they were developing and if you're thinking about it when you buy all these different toys for your children to make sure that they have everything they possibly need to play with and you know they say now they say you know uh, toys for coding toys for this toys for that and then you have the art stuff and all that stuff and what do your children play with in the end the cardboard boxes and the kitchen stuff that's it and you have all that stuff i'm not saying i'm sure there are certain toys your children playing with like my son both loves legos but my point is that we overfill our homes with so much toys just to make sure that our children have everything Be- sometimes because we didn't have it right like i wanted things and we couldn't because my parents couldn't afford it or whatnot but generally even everything when i think about it i did have a happy and creative childhood now we will bombard our children because we love them so much right because when we buy we are happy so we translate that to them that's how they grow up so now they want more stuff because that's what they see on the tv that's what they hear from their friends and that's what they learn from us the more stuff we have the better we have so 
you know, my son wants this uh, Mario game for a Nintendo Switch. Don't even get me started when my son has a Nintendo Switch at five, because that's like kills me. Same thing with iPads and stuff. Yes, they have certain good use, but I feel that at this age, they should be just let them be on their creative way. And when my first son was born, we were screen free until 19 months, almost like two years old, like between that age when he first started watching TV and he only watched one show. It was nothing else. It was Lilla Bear. We actually purchased all the episodes because he loved it so much, but nothing else. But it was very hard when my second was born because my older one was already allowed to watch a little TV. So what happened? The little one wanted to watch it. And now the little one, if he can't watch his little, little bear again, right? Or Daniel Tiger or Thomas or Peppa Pig. <laughs> Peppa Pig is funny because now my children started speaking British <laughs> at home. It's weird, but it's cute. But so I'm not saying that they watch like TV like constantly. Sometimes happens when the parents are busy, right? That you put the children down to watch TV. I'm trying not to be that parent, but sometimes it's tough, you know, when you need a break and, and you really want, and they didn't want to play with anything and they, they're asking for you and then you're like, okay, you can watch this episode or whatnot. And I'm not saying it's something wrong with letting them watch time to time or, or be like watching documentaries. Like my son loves nature and we watch so many documentaries about oceans, but the little one is not entertained by those yet. Or we pay for this app with a family uh, Excel show, right? Because they do adventure agent stuff in nature. So it's cool. And then my son wants to do the same when we go outside or we go to the forest. And those are good things. Like there are good things out there. And we don't have cable, so we never watch that. But then the thing comes, have we cluttered their life with all these gadgets? And then we stuff their brain with all these things they watch. And in the end, they still not happy because they hungry for our attention, not the TV show, not the newest gadget. We keep wanting it because that is what they see from us. And that is what it gives them, that dopamine hit, that thing that they are happy. But then once they have it, they, you know, that's the thing about us adults too, that it's a constant want. I buy it, I get it. But once I received it, it's got fulfilled. And once it's fulfilled, you don't feel happy because then you want something else. And why is that? Like if you think about psychologically, how the brain works, why is that? It's because the excitement about wanting something and dreaming about and imagine having it was better and more joyful than the actually when you received. Maybe when you received it, you had that feeling. But by day one, day two, day three, it fades away. It's never going to be as the high of the joy and happiness than when you imagined it, right? So then your brain likes patterns. It wants to repeat how it felt when he wanted it and at the time of receiving it. So then it wants other things and then other things and then other things. And that's why we clutter us, ourselves up with so much stuff in our homes because we constantly looking for that the joy, the joy that it gave us. And so I feel that the only way to get out of this like wheel of constantly buying, buying to get that feeling is that if we change the way we are and we feel about stuff and instead of looking for that joy to receive it from stuff, 
we should create an environment when we receive that from experiences and from being with other people, relationships, from communities. How it used to be a long time ago when there were no stuff <laughs> to be bought, right? It was just the experiences, the time spent together. And I think that's where we have to get back to. Even if in online communities or, or, or just, you know, by meeting your neighbor. Like I remember growing up, you know, I was born in 84, so I'm an 80s baby. And I'm from Europe. But when I was growing up, we know everyone on our street. We had a community. Like if something bad would have happened, I could have rang the bell on any of my neighbors and they would have known who I am and they would have helped. Even if maybe we don't like each other, but we knew who each us, you know, each other was. We know each other's name. We know where we lived. And it was some kind of safety in that community. But I don't see that these days. I mean, I know my neighbors, one side, two side. I have no idea about anybody else who lives on my street. I see them. I wave at them. I say hi. But I don't know their names. As a fact, I don't even know one of my neighbors' last names. I only know their first name. And we like them. I even, you know, went to their house once for with the kids for pancake breakfast. But I don't even know their last names. So it, it just the word has changed. And change is not bad per se all the time. But I miss that community. And I think that was a beautiful thing. And when I used to watch movies in Hungary about America... I always admired how really safe and how bad the community must be in America. That I remember when I was young, I watched the movie with Walter Matau called Dennis. Well, I, I, I know it in Hungarian. I don't know what the title was, but the kid's name was Dennis. And it was like a really naughty boy. And so Walter Matau was like the neighbor, right? Or, or was on the street or something like that. And he was always going to him and bothering him and they become friends eventually. But... If what I was admiring always is I see these houses and nobody had fences. Like it was all a big open space and everybody, you know, when you watch about like Halloween and they were able to go to each other's house because there were no fence. Like the kids can't just walk up. We don't have that in Europe. All, every single house I lived in, we had fence and gates on that are always locked. It was always separated. So if somebody wanted something, they had to ring the bell so somebody can come out and greet them. So it was always so nice to see. But these days... It doesn't even make sense to me anymore that this is how it looks like because in reality, we might have no fences, but it feels like we have giant walls. They are invisible, but we build them up because we started caring more about stuff, about our cars, about our TVs. And then that's perfectly shows when it's Black Friday, how people are literally killing each other and stepping on top of each other so they can save a few bucks. Okay, 50%. Big deal. Buy a TV for a dollar. Big deal. Why did you need another TV in the first place? And I am not really... I've never been the person who wanted a newest gadget. Like, I don't have that urge about cars. Like, if my car started, um, you know, acting up, I really and I don't trust it anymore, then, you know, I want to switch it up. I want to change it. Because I don't want to deal with the issues. But you see, in the States, even leasing is something that people constantly do because every time the new model comes out, they just want to switch it up. So it's like a constant, constant uh, buy, buy, and throw away the old one. I feel that it's really changed us in a bad way. And we give so much power to our stuff. And we are the prisoners of our stuff. And then even when we think about 
how our life we want it to be and then what's the first thing that kind of shows you made it right like that's how we feel like when we are young what is it that there's like a picture front of us that we need we need a certain salary right we need like a house and then children and the car and then you see like you are set and this is so off because once you have that house and once you have that car, and once you have the children you're still not there it's not a destination it's all part of the journey and then when you keep buying this stuff you realize that you had an apartment and you moved out of the apartment because you had children let's say because you needed more space because you had more stuff and then you move into with my example you moved into this home and it was so nice and airy and we slowly filled it up with stuff one after the other and then it feels like even though we used to live in a one bedroom it feels like that our home with three bedrooms and the two car garage and the basement and the attic is not enough space how can that much space not be enough how can always feel that there is a clutter what is it that we need that fills up every single room every single shelf every single boxes you know what i mean like what is it that we possibly need that we constantly hold on to and that's when i feel the question comes what are we storing and why are we storing them and behind everything that we have there is a certain emotion why we have it why we store it actually uh, i have a book recommendation on the subject it's a book by tracy mccubin her book is making space clutter free and the reason i recommend i mean i know there are a lot of you know decluttering books and whatnot and yes i have mary kondo's book spark joy <laughs> all that stuff i read it it's nice i like it all of them has something in it that um, they can teach us something but why i like tracy's book is because at least somehow like a different point of view more like from that psychological background how and why we store certain things why we have clutter in certain areas and it's it's really nice how she put it together because it's really showed us it can show you what kind of issues you are dealing with inside like you know she talks about what are the seven emotional blocks to clutter like why you can't start and she talks about what clutter tells us room by room like if you have a clutter in your kitchen if you have clutter in the entryway if you have clutter in the living room bedrooms you know the master bedroom the garage you know they all tell something about us and i find it really interesting and when i was reading her book i had a lot of realizations how that really is for example when somebody is alone a lot and you have this like nice dining room set sometimes we tr we start like piling up stuff on the dining room table subconsciously like we don't know about it because we don't want to be reminded of eating alone because we feel lonely so when you know our dining room table or the space where we would eat is cluttered we just grab our food and eat on the you know like a couch or something and then we feel fine because you know somebody just puts a tv on or whatnot but we don't actually treat the cause why we feel the way we feel so the clutter starts piling up on the dining room table or the place where you would eat so you can avoid facing that issue that you have or she talks about how the master bedroom when we have a lot of clutter in the master bedroom 
it shows intimacy issues because our brain gets when we have clutter in the bedroom the brain gets busy paying attention to all the clutter so it makes us not thinking about the issue on hand which is the intimacy issue with our partner you know if you have a partner or whatnot and i find these topics fascinating because it really tells us what and why she talks about how you know when somebody have this like a dopamine hit from shopping how they always have these like amazon boxes or overstock or whatever boxes piling up uh, at their entryway or bags of stuff they bought or you know in the closet those are the people usually have uh, clothes hanging that the tags are still on them because they didn't really want it, those stuff. They bought them to feel that happiness of buying. And then they just forget about them. And so it's it's very interesting when you can think about, oh my God, the garages, right? If you have one, what do you have in your garage? Because, you know, the garage originally was made to park your car inside. So, you know, the environment doesn't, you know, <laughs> can, doesn't damage it or you can keep it cleaner or whatnot. But do you know anyone who actually parks their car in their garage? Because honestly, I live in a street where every single person has a garage and nobody ever parks their car in their garage, including us. We have a two-car garage and both of our cars are not in the garage. They would fit. So then you can say, oh, we don't park the car into the garage because it's like an extra step to go and then close the garage door and then come inside. We just park and then run inside. Uh-huh. But then why do you have a garage? Why do you need a garage? And then when you go into the garage, it's not empty. It's always filled with stuff. And what kind of stuffs are usually in the garage? Things that are one day going to be good for something and tools that we never use. I mean, obviously there are exemptions. Some people are very organized and some tools are used often or the Christmas decorations that we store there. But... A lot of stuff are just stuff that didn't fit in the house anymore or people brought it over and we didn't know what to do with it but we got it as a gift so we store it in the garage and if you think about it i mean i don't know you but that is how our house is and that is how our attic used to be until we finished it and it became my sewing studio but otherwise it was always that so then we finished the basement right because we needed more space for the kids to play you know just the living room is like full of stuff but we needed the basement to fill with stuff for the kids and now it's filled with stuff once again and it just always keep piling up so i don't know about your place or your house or what you store or what not store and how you feel about when you are home but i am going through this right now and I feel so grateful that I actually had this realization and I'm working on how I feel about my stuff and our stuff in general and be able to let them go. And it can be very hard because sometimes they mean so much like memories or you inherited something from someone who's no longer and you keep it because you feel that you have to because that's like you don't actually want the actual item but it was someone who you really loved and you feel if you don't keep it then you would not love them right but we don't love stuff we loved the person and stuff has no memory we have the memory inside of us and i bet if that person who you inherited something from or the person who just gifted something to you if they would know how much stress and 
and issues they're causing with it, they would want you to get rid of the stuff too. Because they loved you, then they wanted you to be happy. Decluttering, it's an emotional journey. And sometimes it takes a while. I do not believe that someone can just wake up one day and say, I'm going to be a minimalist tomorrow because less is more. And I'm just going to get rid of everything. Because what happens? Yes, some people do that. They literally throw everything out. But what happens? They rebuy and they slowly fill up everything over and over again so they didn't actually fix the issue that closed the clutter in the first place they got rid of what they had but then they rebought everything slowly or fast <laughs> depending on the person so i feel that this is is a, is a journey that we have to pay attention to this is a journey that can help us emotionally and our head too because a lot of people actually eventually by going through these things get sick by being in this environment once you don't have joy in your life or you constantly stress and your cortisol levels are high it affects your physical health and when your body constantly feels unhappy in a state of like not living life it sends a message to your body and organs that I don't want to live. And then so, and your body helps you not to live. <laughs> so it creates all these different kind of issues. So for example, when people have, we talked about how important sleep is. It's crucial for our health and well-being to sleep enough and sleep well. But when people put stuff in their bedroom, like paperwork, office stuff, workout equipments, and who knows, dirty clothes, right? Or even clean clothes that they didn't put away. These are all signaling you tasks that you haven't completed yet. You haven't done your taxes. All that paperwork is there. You haven't went through all that, uh, you know, photo album so, so, you, so you can organize it. You haven't did your laundry. You haven't hanged up these clothes. You haven't tried these clothes on if it still fits your children. You have your computer there because you have to finish something for by a certain deadline. Or you have to study. Or this, you know, it's so many things that we can pile up in our bedrooms depending on your situation, how you live. And then imagine every night you go to sleep by the last thing you see before you go to bed is that. You're, even if you don't look at it, but subconsciously, your brain knows, it sees it. And then every morning you wake up that is what you see. What do you think? What kind of effect is going to be on your body? Well, most people have insomnia. They're constantly waking up. They can't stay asleep. And they are so tired and they don't understand. And then what happens when you have constant insomnia and you can't sleep? They get medicated for it, right? They drug themselves so they can actually sleep instead of fixing the issues what causing them that they cannot sleep. And these energetic issues become physical, hormonal, and you can, whatever you can imagine is possible, it's gonna cause it. So it's very important for our well-being and health to live in a home. You remember when I mentioned when you go on vacation, everything is like empty and half freeing that is? Yes, sometimes we need to think of our life like that and only keep things that actually have function and get used, not one day. I mean, obviously, when you go through the list of how to and what to get rid of, you look at things. Is it something I used? Uh, what function does it have for me? Why am I keeping it? You know, they have questions that you can ask yourself. 
looks you have maybe something that you know you're gonna use again one day so it would be useful to keep but does it work to store it for that one day is it maybe easily replaceable or can you borrow it for that time when you need it like for example when we store like camping gear but we never go camping so maybe one day we will go camping again can i replace the item then or can i borrow from my friend when we go that one time instead of storing all the stuff for it you know what i mean like there is so many things that we could just get rid of because it's just there but we don't really need it and maybe somebody actually need it and we could give it to them and that would feel so much better than storing it and then it comes stuff like i remember when my parents came to visit us two years ago and my mom because they moved so she opened all boxes that they moved she was keeping all my like art and pottery and whatever i created as a child and she thought that it would be nice for me to have some of it but when i moved from hungary i told her that i don't want any of this stuff like you you can give it away you can throw it away you can do whatever you want with it only keep what you want to keep because you want to keep it and when they came my parents don't carry much uh, clothing they didn't really care much about clothing ever plus they you know sometimes buy it here because it's so much cheaper right and they bring it back but they brought so much stuff from my childhood that i didn't want it the first place but now when i receive them books and stuff i made you feel bad about getting rid of it because you know my mom just told me that i can show it to my children or my grandchildren what i created and it makes you feel entrapped now you have to keep it because your mom told you because you know it's a memory that you should be proud of and your children wants to know about it but do you really have to keep it no it's just something that's like something we keep for somebody else my mom kept it because she meant something for her but it's just an item we have to remember that stuff doesn't hold memories we hold those memories so i might take a picture of it and store it on the hard drive and get rid of it or i might don't at all and just get rid of it there are certain things of course we're gonna keep some things that you know brings back memory and we want it but we can't keep everything and that's why this nation has all these storage places that we actually store because all these houses we, we move into bigger and bigger houses we have the garage and it still doesn't fit so then we go to storage right and we put everything in storage and then you don't even know most of the time what's in the storage and you're just constantly paying for it and then sometimes people forget about their storage and when they no longer pay for it that's when you know the storage buyers you know it used to be a tv show that you buy and then who knows what's in there that's why because people leave it there now the question is if you can leave it there that long that you forget about having do you really needed it the first place or you should have just got rid of it the first place and so you know you it's many books and and i'm sure podcasts and whatnot that you can listen to about this subject but why i wanted to talk about it is because of our own head how i see it not just the fact of decluttering so your house looks nicer and you can easier pick up stuff it's not what it means to me what it means to me is my well-being the removal of stress and how i feel i can spend more time with my family loved ones and community think about when you're donating stuff and you think about who to donate for like tracy was talking about how you know in foster care uh, children usually carry their stuff in like garbage bags because they don't have backpacks or duffel bags so when you have excess of bags 
think about finding like organization who cares for foster kids and so some you can make a foster kid happy by not carrying their stuff in a garbage bag but they can use a nice backpack or duffel bag or whatever or food sometimes we buy so much stuff oh i'm gonna use almond flour or whatnot never actually use it there are food pantries where you can put it you don't have to throw it away because when you throw something away where is that away do you know where your away is where the landfill is how much stuff is on those landfills so I feel that it's not enough to declutter and throw out stuff. Like I remember when Mary Kondo's book came out about, uh, you know, Spark Joy and how they organized the life. All these like secondhand stores used like used stuff, filling up. When actually not when the book came out because people don't like to read in this country much, but when the Netflix uh, documentary came out of Mary Kondo, yeah, that's when. Like the stores get filled and filled and filled with stuff because people were like enjoying the decluttering. But most of those people, they rebought everything because they didn't understood the main purpose of doing it. Mary Kondo didn't start doing that because it's just a business for her. She was doing it since her childhood. It's a lifestyle to make your life easier. It's not a hip trend that you have to follow so you can show on Instagram how to fold the clothes the way how Mary Kondo does it so you can get more followers. It is a lifestyle. For me it's the same thing when I used to fly as a fly attendant and I had to pack my bags for the trip. Maybe I went for a four-day trip and one day I was like in a Caribbean island and then the next day I was up in Buffalo in the winter. I had to make sure that I had warm clothes and cocoa. So I had certain clothes that I didn't even take out from my luggage unless I had to, you know, I washed them. But I carried with me, so they were very practical stuff, right? That I could mismatch for different weather. And that lifestyle, it's a, it's a lifestyle. I worked for JetBlue for nine years. That, that taught you something about how to pack, you know, more stuff can fit or how to, you know, choose what you bring. But the whole way how I was living that was a lifestyle and not everybody can do it and when I didn't feel how to do it anymore with children you know I stopped and the same thing goes for decluttering it's a lifestyle when you're a minimalist when you're a true minimalist not a trend fashionista about it but a true minimalist it's a lifestyle so your life can feel happier it's a tool to use just like our stuffs are tools so they can help us there was actually a study done where they brought people and they had two kitchens set up one kitchen was a cluttered kitchen and the other kitchen was an uncluttered very nicely organized kitchen and they put to both kitchen the same thing on a plate they put cookies and the other plate they put carrots and so both kitchen had carrots and cookies but one of them was cluttered like very messy and the other one was like very well organized no clutter at all and they said 75 percent more likely the person grabbed the cookie who was in the cluttered kitchen while at the same time in the uncluttered kitchen they grabbed the carrots and that is so interesting because you can say, oh, why? If I don't like carrots, I'm not going to pick the carrots, right? No, maybe you don't have to pick any of them. You know, I don't like cookies. I don't like carrots. Boom, not picking anything. But the, but what the study was about showing how clutter makes people it, it use the uh, word decision fatigue. It's called decision fatigue. When we are so fatigued, our brain gets so fatigued by the clutter that 
it's usually when that happens, when we faced with all these decisions, every clutter, every piece of stuff is basically a decision to make, right? Like cleaning up for our brain. So when we are faced to make these many decisions, the default is that we make a bad decision. So people who are surrounded with clutter usually develop, they're going to choose the cookie because I need a cookie, you know, because all this stuff is really so stressful. Let's have the cookie. It's just one simple, very simple example, but it shows how clutter can cause overweight and health issues because you just emotionally keep eating instead of, you know, fixing the root cause or you know it's the same thing for ice cream when you keep going to your fridge and eating ice cream it can happen from other reasons too but this was just a study i find very interesting and something very interesting to me is that sometimes when you have stuff it can make you feel like that it's keeping you in your past you remember i mentioned like clothing that i used to wear before the children so all these so-called memories and stuff but they're not letting you live in the present uh, Tracy, when I was reading her book, she was talking about one of her clients that the client had this beautiful linen closet. And then so she she was walking by the linen, a client's linen closet and saw that all the linens were front of the linen closet in like a nice like um, basket or something. And so she asked like, what's in your linen closet? Why your linens are not in the closet? And she said, well, I used to have these dogs and cats and whatnot. And so, you know, they cremated the dogs. And so she was storing their remains in the closet because she felt bad not to store them because she loved the animals so much. And so she was like, okay, but you love the animal. You don't love their remains. So, for example, she told her that she has this beautiful like maple tree or something in the backyard. Why they don't make like a ceremony about you know, saying goodbye to all those animals and then that would free up a part in her soul and it will free up her linen closet and then she can finally live in the present and put the linens away. So there are so many things that we do. Why? We always have a why for it and a reason for it, but it's really just basically keep us in our past or sometimes in the future. And the other thing that Tracy was using that I find really good and I want to share she said that sometimes that everybody has this in their life with different things. She has a course. She says, my fantasy stuff for my fantasy life. So <laughs> it's so true. Like uh, she means like, oh, I bought, you know, a bike because I am going to go bike with my children. Right. And you store the bike, but you have next. Obviously, some people bike, but like, let's say you never bike and you just keep storing it for years and years because you imagine that you're going to do something. It was in your fantasy, but never did it. Or you bought a guitar and all these guitar lessons, but you never actually learned to play the guitar. But one day you will. So you're keeping the guitar because for your fantasy self, you have a fantasy life that you're trying to fill. And it can be true with anything and everything from baking stuff to workout equipment to rock climbing to musical instruments to art stuff even books actually talking about books the japanese have a word <laughs> it's called the tsandoku which means all your unread books basically if you want to translate it so when you just keep having these books and we store them on the shelf because it we want to express ourselves you know like you put it on the shelf and then it shows how intellectual you are what your interests are but there are a ton of books that you never actually read yet and some of them that you probably never will 
those are all your unread books but they just make you basically they just give you clutter and also in the back end causing you either stress or like an unsatisfaction about yourself because you don't didn't read them so it's always in the back end every time you see it you know like it shows how much you want it and you don't do it because you say you don't have time for it or whatnot sometimes it's hard to get rid of those things but we need to do it and so i, I find this course from her so fascinating because it's true we all have this fantasy life sometimes with a woman have it with clothing like they buy this like i used to have this very nice big hat and i imagined myself that when i go to the beach i'm gonna wear this big hat and i'm gonna look like some you know <laughs> some movie star from a movie set and then i even sometimes tried on different clothes with it you know or, or my bathing suit and then like beach cover how i'm gonna look like in it but I never actually worked on the beach because the beach is windy and that hat would fly away. So it has zero functionality for me and I actually donated it because it looked really good on me, yes. And I took a picture of it. But it never actually wore it because it had no function for me. Our stuffs are just tools. So we should look for them. We shouldn't, you know, fall in love with things and then keeping them because of the feeling. They are stuff. If we can use them, good if we don't use them get rid of them and it just reminded me like uh my mom you talked about before how she always used to say in the, in the new house right well she used to have that she received as a gift and sometimes she bought it these beautiful new towels hand towels and bath towels and then kitchen clothes you know cloths and stuff and they were all very nice brand new she was keep storing them and then it was especially once i like moved out and we visited and then i saw that they were using both my father and mother this very old very icky looking towels in the bathroom and i was like mom like why are you using these towels why are you using this kitchen cloth just throw them away or use it for the dog you like do you need towels and and then my mom showed me, no, 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 we have towels. And it was like a ton of freaking towels in the closet. She just didn't want to take them out because she said that when we move into the, when they move, when they finish the house and the construction is done, which never happened, then they're going to take it out from the closet and then in the new house, they're going to use it. Well, we always say that, that someday I will use it, right? But why not today? It's like telling yourself it, that, that I am not worth it today to use it. You are worth it and you need to use it today because you have no idea what your tomorrow will be like and if there will be a tomorrow. So when you say someday, you don't say. You ask yourself, when is that someday, if not today? And start using it today because they are just stuff the same thing when you inherit the beautiful china or you got it for your wedding and you're just storing it in the cupboard for special occasions but when special occasions come even then people don't use them because they might break because children running around or you know we use paper plates because you know it's easier to clean up and the big families are around so the china just sits in the closet and never actually gets used if you think it's beautiful and it is gives you joy get rid of everything else and start using it today it does not matter how expensive it is because just by storing it does you no good then sell it to somebody else who will use it don't store it because this is the way how we store our life away and we don't 
enjoy our present. We have to live in our present, not in our future, not in our past, but in our present. We have to stop storing stuff and give it to someone who actually can use it, if it's an item that can be used. And we have to stop buying stuff to feel better ourselves. We need to look at ourselves and find our issues and only buy things that has function and value for ourselves. And if you buy something and never actually take it out of the package or never actually wear it, return it or gift it to somebody else. Joshua Fields Milburn and Ryan Nicodemus, who most people call the minimalists, they have a podcast and they have um, a, a, even a documentary on Netflix about the minimalism. They said, love people, use things, don't do the opposite. I actually saw a documentary with monks a while ago and um, they asked them like why they have this saying that less is more like why they 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 live this super minimal bare life like you know how they dress they have like two clothes the same like two sets of the same and then you know they, all their belongings are basically in a in a box and if it doesn't fit it doesn't goes and so they were saying that when you have less things you are responsible for less and you have more attention more time to enjoy life and with more things more responsibilities and more problems so you simply have more time when you have less problems to worry about so you don't have as much burden right and then they were saying that even their hair why they originally started cutting and shaving their head was not because you know they think that you know it's some kind of religious thing that they don't have a hair they started doing that because when you have hair you have to worry about what to wash it with how to care for it you have to have a brush <laughs> for it. How, do you like how it looks like? So it says it's like, he basically said like 17 things I never even thought about, but comes with having hair. <laughs> so they literally shave their head so they get rid of all of that. So they have even less problems. And then she, he said the same thing about how shoes are, how clothes are. He says, look, this is my clothing. Is it orange in in this season, he says, no, but I always wear this color and I always wear this clothes. It have its function. I have two sets of it. So when one is in the wash, the other one I can wear. And when I go and bless a wedding or when I go and bless a house or when I walk in the forest, what do I wear? The same thing. So I'm not saying that we need to become <laughs> monks. What I'm trying to tell you is that how they were explaining that every little thing we don't even think about has things attached to it and takes our attention away and so what they were explaining is that imagine if a hair has 17 things that you have to pay attention to subconsciously just the hair then you have your shoes and then what socks you wear what shirts to match it with are you going to business meetings or are you going to run are you going to hike or are you going to swim and so these are just clothing and then we have books and then we have cars and then we have you know we cook in the kitchen and then so all this stuff even the basic basic things that we surround ourselves with will have our attention and the more things the more clutter you have the more attention you're gonna spend on it and in the end you're always just gonna feel like that you don't have time you don't have time to enjoy life you don't have time for self-care but in reality the self-care itself is 
to be with yourself so you have to declutter so you can get there so it's a little bit twisted sometimes because we don't fix the we think we are minimalist we throw everything out but we never fix original issues and the whole thing comes back again and again i find a monk's perspective how they explained it very interesting so i talked about how all these technological advancements are bad in a way because we're constantly changing our things as the phones and computers and whatnot evolving so it's cars and whatnot but there are good things behind these technological advancements too think about a smartphone previously you would need it if you are not like a you know professional photographer you don't really need now when you have a smartphone it has a great camera in it you don't need to own a camera you don't need to own an audio or video recorder you don't need to own a calculator you don't have to own a compass you don't have to own a separate phone or even if you can send emails now from phones and so on, the list goes on. There is so many different apps and so many functions, right? So imagine minimalistically how having that phone, that smartphone in your hand can replace all those other gadgets, right? So now that can help you to get rid of all the other stuff. And of course, if your hobby is that you really like to take nice photographs or, you know, you like going hiking and you want to have a compass, you're gonna have those but you're not gonna have each just because you didn't have the smartphone so technology in a way can help us move forward from out of this everything is a way we use it why it can make us being consumeristic and just buy 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 if we change how we look at things it can actually help us to declutter our life leonardo da vinci said simplicity is the ultimate sophistication plato said in order to seek one's own direction, one must simplify the mechanics of ordinary, everyday life. And Isaac Newton said, Truth is ever to be found in simplicity and not in the multiplicity and confusion of things. Joshua Becker said, Minimalism isn't about owning less than you need. It's about owning exactly what you need. Thank you so much for staying with me today. I want you all to think about this and look around your place and inside of you and start thinking about how the clutter affects your life. The stress from toys when you have children or just, you know, those drawers that have stuff in it that you don't even know in the kitchen, the junk drawers or just stuff we keep in the attic or in the garage or some things that you can't give away because you inherited it from someone and you really love that person. Dr. Fia said, the amount of time you spend on pleasing someone no way reflects how much you love them. So in the same way of thinking, we can think about stuff, right? So the amount of stuff we keep from someone no way reflects how much we love them. Mary Kondo said in her book, Spark Joy, what sparks joy for you personally and what doesn't? The answer to these questions represent a major clue for getting to know yourself as a recipient of the gift of life. And I am convinced that the perspective we gain through this process represents the driving force that can make not only our lifestyle but our very lives shine.